What's up, everybody? This is Trey, and we are going to have a special week this week. Uh, it's Easter week, and we're gearing up for an incredible weekend of celebration, of remembrance, of mourning. And I thought it would be appropriate that for this specific podcast, I would actually read the Easter story. In fact, there's a there's a great website called Creative Bible Study that that highlights some specific moments in all four Gospels and kind of brings them together into the one story. And I thought it would be appropriate, and and actually I thought it would be needed even just to read the Easter story. Uh, we've seen it in movies so many times. We've seen it. Uh, you know, in in various different videos, and we've seen other people just kind of highlight various different parts, but I don't think too often we actually sit back and go through the entire story. And so we're going to be in John, we're going to be in Matthew, we're going to be in Luke and Mark, and, and taking all the highlights from their depictions of the Easter story, and and going through it, going through everything from the the, the Passover supper to uh, his tried, Jesus is tried to his crucifixion, death, burial, resurrection. I think it's important that we just listen to it. And so, if you're listening to this podcast, maybe it's a Thursday or maybe it's a Friday, Saturday. I think it would be appropriate if you were to just sit and just listen and not be doing homework or not be focusing in on driving or anything else and just just take some time. You need to pause this and, and do this later, but take some time and just listen to the Easter story. And I would encourage you as you listen to this story, put yourself in the story you know, you you hear uh, some descriptive words, and I want you to imagine what it would have been like if you were there, if you were hearing Jesus talk, if you were hearing the crowds cry that they wanted Jesus to be crucified, if you were hearing the nails uh, being beaten into uh, his hands and into the wood of the cross, if you were smelling what it would have been like to be on a hill of death, if I just want you to imagine these things. And so I, I'm going to, I'm going to read this and whether you need to close your eyes or, or just eliminate any sort of distraction. And I want you to imagine yourself here in the story and put yourself in the story. What would it hear like what would it uh, taste, see, smell? What would be all these things that our imagination would play into, into this story? So, we're gonna start with the Passover supper. Before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew that his hour had come to leave this world and return to his Father. He now showed the disciples the full extent of his love. It was time for supper, and the devil had already enticed Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to carry out his plan to betray Jesus. 
Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything and that he had come from God and would return to God. So he got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, and poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that he had around them. After saying these things, Jesus crossed the Kidron Valley, and his disciples then entered a grove of olive trees. Judas, the betrayer, knew this place because Jesus had gone there many times with his disciples. The leading priests and Pharisees had given Judas a battalion of Roman soldiers and temple guards to accompany him. Now, with blazing torches and lanterns and weapons, they arrived at the olive grove. Jesus fully realized all that was going to happen to him. Stepping forward to meet them, he asked, Whom are you looking for? Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. I am he, Jesus said. Judas was standing there with them when Jesus identified himself. And as he said, I am he, they all fell backward to the ground. Once more, he asked them, Whom are you searching for? Once again, they replied, Jesus of Nazareth. I told you that I am he, Jesus said, and since I am the one you want, let these others go. Then Pilate had Jesus flogged with a lead-tipped whip. The soldiers made a crown of long, sharp thorns and put it on his head, and they put a royal purple robe on him. Hail! King of the Jews, they mocked, and they hit him with their fists. Pilate went outside again and said to the people, I am going to bring him out to you now, but understand clearly that I find him not guilty. Then Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe, and Pilate said, Here is the man. When they saw him, the leading priests and temple guards began shouting, crucify crucify carrying the cross by himself Jesus went to the place called Skull Hill in Hebrew named Golgotha there they crucified him there were two others crucified with him one on either side with Jesus between them and Pilate posted a sign over him that read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. The place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and the sign was written in Hebrew, Latin, and Greek so that many people could read it. Then the leading priests said to Pilate, Change it from the King of the Jews to, he said, I am King of the Jews. Pilate replied, what I have written, I have written. It says exactly as it is. When the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they divided his clothes among the four of them. They also took his robe, but it was seamless, woven in one piece from the top. So they said, let's not tear it, but throw dice to see who gets it. This fulfilled the scripture that says, they divided my clothes among themselves and threw dice for my robe. So that is what they did. Jesus knew that everything was now finished. 
and to fulfill the scriptures, he said, I am thirsty. A jar of sour wine was sitting there. So they soaked a sponge in it, put it on a hyssop branch, and held it up to his lips. When Jesus had tasted it, he said, It is finished. Then he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Afterward, Joseph of Arimathea, who had been a secret disciple of Jesus because he feared the Jewish leaders, asked Pilate for permission to take Jesus' body down. When Pilate gave him permission, he came and took the body away. Nicodemus, the man who had come to Jesus at night, also came, bringing about 75 pounds of embalming ointment made from myrrh and aloes. Together they wrapped Jesus' body in a long linen cloth with the spices, as is the Jewish custom of burial. The place of crucifixion was near a garden where there was a new tomb never used before. And so, because it was the day of preparation before the Passover, and since the tomb was close at hand, they laid Jesus there. Early Sunday morning, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. She ran and found Simon Peter and the other disciples, the one whom Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord's body out of the tomb, and I don't know where they have put him. Peter and the other disciple ran to the tomb to see. The other disciple outran Peter and got there first, and he stopped and looked in and saw the linen cloth lying there, but he didn't go in. Then Simon Peter arrived and went in. He also noticed the linen wrappings lying there. While the cloth had covered, Jesus' head was folded up and lying to the side. Then the other disciple also went in, and he saw and believed. Much of this was taken from the book of John, which is why you see the other disciple being singled out as faster and the one whom Jesus loved. And so we, we can see John's writing there, but I think John is right to point out that Jesus knew exactly what he was doing. Jesus knew exactly what was going to happen. He knew every punch that he would feel. He knew every whip that would hit his body. He knew every glob of spit that would come from those whom he loved. He knew the pain of the nails. He, he understood exactly what he was doing. And many of us might hear this story and we might say, that is a beautiful understanding of the gospel. And to you I would say, Amen. But there are others who would hear this story and be offended. And the offense comes from 
the understanding that if what Jesus did is true and what he did was for my good, then I am a sinful, depraved human being. The reason Jesus came to the cross was because I needed the ultimate sacrifice in order to understand and and have the reality given to me by the Holy Spirit that I needed a Savior. Because I cannot save myself no matter what I do or how hard I work. And to many people, that's offensive. Especially in our culture, we're taught that we can do it ourselves. If we work hard enough, we can pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps. There's nothing limiting you from what you can achieve. And we can do it without the help of other people. We can be a self-starter. We can take initiative. We can take advantage of all of these opportunities that are before us because of this incredible country that that God has given us and, and blessed us with and yet still we need a savior because we cannot save ourselves from eternal damnation the Easter story is beautiful and it causes us to drop to our knees in worship because of the mercy that God showed us by sending Jesus to die on a cross. But on the same hand, the Easter story is offensive. It is not offensive just to our feelings, but it's offensive to our humanity because to be human means to be broken. But when we pull these together, we understand that Jesus defeated death. And because of his sacrifice and because of his power over death, I now, even though I was once at war with God, even though I was once an enemy of God, he loved me enough so that now... The cross, the blood that was shed by Jesus washes me to be white as snow. So now, because of my faith in Jesus Christ as the way, the truth, the life, God does not see broken human, broken creation, fallen creature. He sees a son. He sees a daughter. That washing of the blood then covers our sins and allows us to be in an intimate relationship with our Creator. This is the Easter story. 
It's a story that has gone from generation to generation unchanged from the moment that it happened. This is why we are who we are as Christians because of this very moment in time. It is so significant. So let me encourage you. Let me encourage you that this weekend, or if you're listening to this podcast after Easter, that you would spend time to reflect. Maybe you want to write something down. Maybe you want to journal. Maybe you want to pray about it. Maybe you just want to sing out songs of praise. But I want you to reflect about all the ways that Jesus has forgiven you because of the cross how god the father has looked down upon you as a son and as a daughter and how much you have said that is great but i'm going to do it on my own (laughs) maybe we need to confess some things i know i do maybe this drives us to a to a, a, a mode of worship and a mode of praise maybe it drives us to our knees as we pray in confession and pray in thanksgiving but this easter season is so important don't let it pass don't let it just be another weekend that you get to go and be home with your family and have a great meal don't let it be another time to be involved with a great church service that many churches are doing incredible performances and productions don't let it be just another day don't waste easter i love you guys have a great easter